you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by Castro Ledge. DJ and Bucky back with you. And Buck, man, we've had a lot going on between free agency, pro days. It's been a busy time here for us at Move the Sticks. Yeah, very busy time, DJ. It's kind of like the favorite time of year because it's football all the time. Between free agency and prepping for the draft, there's so much football to discuss. We have got a big show coming up today. Bucky's going to have a one-on-one conversation with Trey Sermon, very talented Ohio State running back, to talk about his journey. We're going to look at pro days that have taken place, a big one at the University of Georgia, and then look ahead to some big pro days on the horizon, including Zach Wilson's pro day there at BYU. And then we're also going to do a little journey to the draft, and that is with Jabril Cox, a linebacker who has had quite a journey from North Dakota State to LSU to his future NFL home. So we've got a lot coming up on the show today. But Buck, I I figure we start with uh, what's going on in free agency. We've seen a bunch of these trades 
become official, including the Matthew Stafford-Jared Goff swap. And it looked like we almost had another big trade there. The reports came out that Russell Wilson, uh, highly sought after, as you can imagine, by the Chicago Bears, they, uh, they put forth a hefty offer to try and lure him away from Seattle and bring him to the Windy City. But Seattle, not biting. Yeah, they're not biting. And DJ, if the reports are true, where you're talking about three first rounders, a third round, and potentially two starters, that is a big load to give up for a franchise quarterback. And I think what we're seeing now, a couple different things, we're seeing franchise quarterbacks are now on the market and we're now understanding how much a franchise quarterback can net in return. When you look at the Matt Stafford deal and Jerry Goff and the number of number one picks that were exchanged in that deal, and then the proposed, the reportedly proposed trade uh, going to Seattle, you understand it. But now that it's not done and you're the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson appears to be in the fold, there appears to be some fences that need to be mended, not only from the team to Russell, but Russell to his teammates. And I just wonder how that works, because when you have these reports and you've had this discord the entire offseason, I just wonder, particularly if we don't have normal mini camps and OTAs, how do you repair the chemistry that has been fractured between the team? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting going forward. I, I think you know when you go back to the trade, uh, the trade that didn't happen, they end up signing Andy Dalton, which is really backup money. I don't think that precludes the Bears from making another move there at the quarterback position. But it, it gets to my point when you talk about Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson potentially being moved. Buck, if you can't provide uh, a replacement at the position with a high draft pick or a substitute quarterback that I can plug in, I don't see how this conversation goes very far. And that to me is what I took away from this, that you could offer me three, four, five first round picks, but if these first round picks aren't located where I can get the next quarterback, Pete Carroll's 70 years old. He's, I mean, is he going to hope and cross his fingers? He's going to take somebody outside the top 10 that's going to hit? Uh, it just didn't make sense from Seattle's standpoint. No, it doesn't make sense. But I think what does make sense this year, the Seattle Seahawks are quarterback shopping. I would expect them to try and find a quarterback some way, shape, or form so they can move on from Russell Wilson next season. I just believe when there's smoke, there's fire, and the con constant conversation and chatter that we've heard leads me to believe that this might be Russell's final season up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's, it's winding down here. Uh, we talk about the Bears. Maybe there's a chance they launch up into the top 10. Maybe they trade up. I, I think that could be a possibility if one of those big four quarterbacks starts to drift, they could make a move, which gets me thinking about other teams. You know, we keep focusing on those teams in the top 10. Well, some teams could launch their way up there. We've seen that in years past. Is, is there one that stands out to you you think could be aggressive? Yeah, I think the New England Patriots could be real aggressive. I think we've seen the New England Patriots step outside of their comfort zone as it relates to free agency. We saw them completely rebuild the roster with the number of signings on free agency and on offense in particular, the way they re they're rearranging the furniture, two tight ends coming over in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. We then see Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Cam Newton is resigned. I believe they're about to go all in on an offensive makeover. The young quarterback is the final piece to the puzzle. And I think that quarterback will be an athletic quarterback, someone who can also give you something as a runner as they kind of bring this offense into the 2020s. 
Yeah, I keep an eye on somebody like Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Those are the two that would make sense for them to target. Hear a lot of rumors out there that they are really high on Justin Fields out of Ohio State. So they'd have to travel quite a distance uh, to get up in range to get Justin Fields. But I'm with you with all they've done in free agency. It kind of feels like they've set the nursery up, right? We've got the crib. We've got the mm-hmm. changing table. Uh, we've got the rocking chair. It's kind of set up nicely to bring in a young quarterback. And to me, a big piece of that is the tight ends. And that's going to get us to next-gen stats powered by Amazon Web Services because the Patriots – Last year, in two-plus tight end personnel groupings, it was only 3.2% of the snaps last year, which was the lowest in the NFL. And you bring in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Those guys have combined for 25 red zone targets in the last two seasons. The, the Patriots had three, three such targets during that span. So this feels like kind of a back-to-the-future type thing for the Patriots to really fortify that tight end position with not just one, uh, but with two tight ends they brought in, Buck. Absolutely. This is something if you go back to the heyday, the Patriots have always had multiple tight ends and they've always been able to use it. Um, Going back to Rob Gronkowski and the late Aaron Hernandez, the way they utilize 12 personnel to create mismatches all over the field. Obviously, it is the most difficult personnel grouping to defend because you don't know whether to play it with nickel or your base defense. And then when you factor in Cam Newton or another athletic quarterback, you now begin to think about some of the things that the Baltimore Ravens have been able to do and create in the running game. Multiple tight ends, power running game, quarterback that can also run. It gives you a lot of problems and it also allows them to play the kind of complimentary football that they love playing. Uh, by the way, I, I guarantee you, Jonu Smith gets, what do you think, Buck? Uh, 15 carries maybe this year? They're going to use him some in the backfield. I guarantee it. Yeah, I absolutely believe you're going to see that. And I believe Hunter Henry not only is going to be a force as a playmaker over the middle field in the passing game, but he's going to be a solid and sturdy edge blocker. And so if they can get the edges solidified, they can continue to run the football between the tackles. And if Cam Newton can just be middle of the pack as a passer while giving them running game, I think the New England Patriots are going to be back in the conversation as a playoff team. All right. Well, that was uh, Next Gen Stats powered by Amazon Web Services. And Buck, when, when we think of other teams, that's a good one there. I mean, I, I, I can't argue with that one. I like that concept there, the Patriots moving up for a quarterback. But I'm going to give you another one here because I look at the 49ers sitting there with the 12th overall pick. Uh, and, and this is a team, I don't know what you get, but to me, I... Do you feel commitment to Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I'm not feeling that. I think it's very much in like, not in love. And they have an opportunity just outside the top 10 where they could launch themselves up to get one of these big four guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's only a matter of time before they find a quarterback that they want to be their long-term solution. Now, they're fine with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think if they can find a younger quarterback that they can really groom and develop and allow him to be the face of the franchise going forward, I think they would do that because the one thing that we know, this system is really quarterback-friendly. It creates a lot of layups and big play opportunities for the quarterback. And if the quarterback is mobile, it now even enhances the running game. And so when I think about Kyle Shanahan and what he was able to do with Robert Griffin and then what he's been able to do with traditional pocket passers, I think a guy like Trey Lance would be perfect in this system because at North Dakota State, Trey Lance has played in a multiple system. He's been under center. He's been in the shotgun. He's done traditional pro style stuff and also done the QB run game. He, to me, would be a perfect fit for the Niners. 
And I feel like when we've talked about the Jets, we took him into our Move the Sticks body shop uh, last week, and we'll get the body shop cranked up again uh, next week. But we talked about the fact the Jets had to evaluate this quarterback class versus Sam Darnold. I almost feel like the 49ers, they need to do the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo and with Sam Darnold. So they need to have their meetings where you're discussing what's the best option for us going forward. Is it sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it trying to make some type of a trade where we could bring over Sam Darnold to at least compete with Jimmy, if not take his job? Or do we do we love one of these guys? And we say the big four, I guess we should throw Mac Jones in there as well. Put, make it the big five. Um, or yeah. would we rather go that route? That's the discussion that has to be taking place there in Santa Clara. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the things that you do, DJ. When we're getting to this part of it, uh, you have your own internal cluster buster. And sometimes that cluster includes players on your team, on top of draft picks and prospective trade candidates. I think you have to do all of that so you can come to a decision and make the best decision as you're getting closer to draft weekend. Yeah, and we've seen teams aggressively move up for quarterbacks in recent years. No bigger move than the Kansas City Chiefs launching up to go get Patrick Mahomes. I think that worked out quite well. Uh, so while we're watching and monitoring this quarterback market, do not pay attention to where teams are picking right now because there's always time for one of these teams to be aggressive. And we get to draft day, maybe that's exactly what we get. You know, I like his game a lot, man. I do think he's gonna be he's gonna be good at the next level as well. Oh yeah, that 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 boy can run that ball. He's real physical, you know. One guy ain't bring him down. You know he gonna hit that hole. He gonna hit it hard. You know what I'm saying? He gonna hit it with tenacity. You know, he gonna be physical coming through that hole. Ain't no ain't no arm challenge. All right, with Trey Sermon. Trey, how does that feel to hear a former Buckeye legend, J.K. Dobbins, talk about you like that? It feels good. I mean, uh, just knowing uh, another great running back that's, that's been through the system, that, I mean, uh, she, she's a lot of great qualities in me. I mean, it's, it's definitely a good feeling. Yeah, I, you know, I know Buckeyes are tight. Have you guys been able to stay in contact? Do you pay attention to what he's been able to do at the NFL level? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. I, I definitely watched him through, throughout the season as, as he just continued to progress and play at a high level. And, and we talked quite a bit. That's cool. So I, I, I want to kind of dig into your background. I think it's very, very unique. You play at two big time programs, started Oklahoma, grad transfer to Ohio State, has tremendous amount of success at both places. <clears throat> Let's talk about Ohio State, though. What is the culture like when you go from Oklahoma to jump into Ohio State? What was that transition like for you? Transition was a little different just because of the the whole uh, COVID situation. But as far as the the culture, I mean, it, it was still the same. I mean, uh, both programs is is very detailed, and and you just have to handle your business and, and play at a high level. You know, and thinking about playing at a high level, that room, that running backs room, had to be very very competitive. Uh, you, Master Teague, some other young guys that certainly are talented. How did you kind of stay focused on what your individual goals were while competing with those top dogs in that room? Really just coming in every day, just trying to get better. And, and I felt like as long as I was just getting a little bit better each and every day, that, that I was going to be fine. You know, and thinking about getting better each and every day, scouts certainly noticed that in the biggest games, you, you shine the brightest. What was it about playing on those big stages that enabled you to take your game up a notch? 
really just my my preparation. I mean, uh, going into the game, I, I knew they were they were big games, of course, and and I just wanted to make sure that that I was ready for for every opportunity that that was presented to me. You know, and thinking about watching you in those big games, I really enjoyed breaking down your tape and things that I noticed: balance, your body control, your vision, uh, your ability to finish runs in a very physical manner. When you evaluate yourself, what do you believe are the strong parts of your game? Just being able to to make guys miss and and just being versatile. I mean, uh, just just catching out the backfield, uh, yards after catch, and I mean, just just taking care of the ball. You know, so at Ohio State, you guys went on a tremendous run. You win the Big Ten. You go into the college football playoff. Uh, your quarterback, Justin Fields, has a tremendous game in the semifinal, as you did as well. Um, when you're playing with a guy like Justin Fields in the backfield, what is it about him? How is he as a leader? He's a great leader. Um, I mean, he, he stepped up all the time. I mean, just to encourage guys, get guys going. Um, if you feel like we can be better, I mean, he, he's going to speak up and, and, and tell us. And he also leads by example. I mean, uh, he, he again, he, he's a great guy, and, I mean, he, he plays extremely well. So, I mean, we see our quarterback playing well. I mean, we want to help him out as much as we can. You know, and, and, and thinking about that, helping him out, you certainly helped him out by playing well in big games. When I look at you catching the ball out of the backfield, I think you probably could have been utilized more. Do you believe you can be a big-time, prominent playmaker in the passing game at the next level? Yes, I, I definitely think so. I mean, uh, I've been catching the ball, I mean, at the backfield since I was a freshman in in, in college. So, I mean, it, it's never really been nothing new to me. And each year, I mean, I've sharpened up on my routes, just getting better at those. And uh, honestly, I, I'm able to line up in the slot and, and run receiver routes as well. So I feel like making this transition that I'll definitely be able to do that at the next level. You know, and thinking about the transition to the next level, going back to your Oklahoma days, man, you've also played with some very, very talented quarterbacks there, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Uh, what did you learn from watching each of those guys play, not only playing beside them at Oklahoma, watching the success that they've had at the next level? What I really took from them, I mean, uh, just, just going to work every day, and you have to have the right mentality. I mean, each one of those guys, they, they all had the same mentality. Um, just, just getting better and, and, and winning. I mean, that, that's really what I learned. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to carry that with me, I mean, for the rest of my career. Well, we are certainly excited to see you continue to move on with your NFL career. Looking forward to watching you work at your pro day. What, looking forward to watching you have success in the National Football League. Thanks for joining the Mood of Sticks podcast. Trey Sermon, best of luck to you. Yeah, I'm always down as a pastor's son to hear some preaching. And Trey Sermon, uh, he gave a nice sermon, a little preaching there in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. 331 yards, two touchdowns. That's all, Buck. No big deal. Most rushing yards in a conference championship game in FBS history. Not too shabby. Uh, Buck, I know he's in your top five running backs, and the scouting report on him says what? Oh, he's an outstanding playmaker. And when I look at him, I love the vision, the balance, the body control, the overall physicality. And then DJ is the soft hands that he shows as a receiver. Some questions. I worry about his home run speed and his durability because he has had a number of injuries throughout his collegiate career. That said, there's a lot to like about Trey Sermon. Yeah, we see him there in the Buckeye uniform. The, the Oklahoma transfer, though, Buck, once you look at the video here, it's one thing put the report out there. Show me a little video on Trey Sermon and what you like going back to his time at Oklahoma as well as at Ohio State. Well, I think the, you see it right there. It's to balance the body control, to be able to pull through tackles. He has great 
vision. You can see the physicality. You can see the toughness, but his ability to separate, even though he doesn't have what I call A-level home run speed, he does find a way to consistently get to the end zone. This is the underrated part of his game, catching the ball out the backfield. I think there's so much more that he can add to an offense as a pass catcher. But DJ, I think the thing that you have to like about him when you do the scouting, in big games, he was able to take over. There you see him slip and slide and get out the back door. Repeatedly, you saw him step his game up during this run that the Buckeyes had, even though it didn't end up in a national championship game victory because he was out early. I think he certainly helped himself by showing that he can put an offense on his back. There are a lot of NFL teams that are looking for three down backs. He is definitely one of the best ones that we see in the draft. Yeah, I was bummed he got hurt because we would have seen him down in Mobile at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Unfortunately, wasn't able to, uh, to participate there. But I I'm with you. To me, it's the balance and the physicality that stood out to me as well as maybe a little underrated with what he can do in the passing attack. He's, he's going to be somebody I think has got a good chance to hear his name called at some point in time on day two. And he's somebody I believe steps on an NFL field and has an immediate impact. We've got him going second to the Jets in our mock drafts, and you can see why when you watch quarterback Zach Wilson in BYU's upcoming Pro Day. Coverage begins on March 26th at 1 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. DJ, we talked about BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, one of the top quarterbacks in the class. What are you looking forward to seeing when he shows up at his Pro Day? I want to see how big he is. I mean, let's start there, Buck. I mean, we don't have measurements on Zach Wilson. I mean, I've seen a picture with him and Drew Brees, and I'm trying to gauge, okay, is he an inch taller than Drew Brees? Is he two inch taller than Drew Brees? So I just want to see how big he is, how much does he weigh, um, and then we can get out there and watch him put on a show throwing the football. I, I really don't have anything I feel like I need to see with him in terms of throws because I've seen him make every type of throw on schedule and off schedule there at BYU. To me, more than anything else, I just want to see uh, what the dimensions are here on Zach Wilson. I mean, he's a very talented player. I want to see him move around a little bit. You want to see him make some of those throws because he wowed you during the regular season with all of these scripted and unscripted plays that he made for BYU. Well, now let's see him throw it around in a comfortable setting. There's something to seeing big time quarterbacks throw where you just kind of confirm what it is that you feel about him. I can't wait to see Zach Wilson show off a little bit. All right, give me a couple defensive guys you're looking forward to here. Pro Day's upcoming that uh, you keep an eye on. Well, you know, I want to go to Missouri. Nick Bolton, inside linebacker, is a guy that I am really high on. When I look at him play, he's a sideline-to-sideline playmaker, does a great job of making things happen in between the tackles. And when you think about these guys that succeed at this position, they not only have great instincts and awareness, they also have a mean streak, but they have the range to go from numbers to numbers to make plays. When you watch him play at Missouri, he does that. The other guy that I want to pay attention to, Michigan. Defensive end, Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay is an active, high motor player, does a really good job of overwhelming opponents with his athleticism. Didn't necessarily result in a high volume of sacks, but the disruption is certainly there. I want to see him work out. I want to see him run around. I want to see if I can take his athleticism and put it into practice where we can see more production if he gets with the right coach. Exciting athlete, very intriguing prospect. Want to see what that athleticism could translate at the next level. I'm going to put my numbers out there. I'm going to go Nick Bolton, mid four fives, and Quiddy Pay. Yeah, he, he's going to duck below that buck. He is going to put on a show there. He is an absolute freak. He's going to test, and we'll be talking about it. Uh, one defensive name I would add to that list. Let's go to USC and Talanoa Hufunga. A very gifted safety there. One of the best defensive players in the Pac-12 this past season. Always around the football. 
He's, he's best when he's near the line of scrimmage. You see him as a blitzer. You see him get his hands on these tips and overthrows repeatedly. Just very instinctive and outstanding football player. But he has had some injuries. He's had some shoulder issues. And the question with him is, is what is his speed? Can he hold up uh, back there in the deep half or in the deep middle? We want to see how fast and how athletic he is from that standpoint with the testing. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that one, Buck. And that's the, uh, the USC Pro Day, which is coming up. Uh, soon, March 24th at 11 a.m. Eastern. And we're going to have that for you right here on NFL Network. Check out him with his teammates, Amon Ross St. Brown, a very gifted wide receiver, Elijah Vera Tucker. Some have as the number one guard in the entire draft class. I believe a top 15 pick. Again, that's March 24th. Hang with us here at NFL Network, 11 a.m. Eastern. All right, now it's time for Be Prepared, presented by Castrol Edge. And let's take a look here at Bucky's top five linebackers as we head towards the NFL draft. No surprise there, Chaz Surratt sticking with his North Carolina Tar Heel there at number five. You go all the way up to the top of the list, and you've got Micah Parsons. Should be a top ten pick in the upcoming draft out of Penn State. But number four, right there from LSU, Jabril Cox. One of the more intriguing players in the entire draft class. And Bucky had a chance to catch up with him. Second and seven picked off. Stepping in front of it is Jabril Cox. Yeah, Jabril Cox has really distinguished himself early by taking some shots. It's been a long journey for you going from North Dakota State to LSU. Let's talk about that journey. How did you make your way to LSU after a standout career at North Dakota State? Right. Uh, coming out of high school, I was really under-recruited at North Dakota State. They offered me later in my senior season, took a visit there, felt like it was the right fit, knowing the amount of championships and the just the culture of the program that they have there. Uh, Redshirt in my first year, and then after that, I won three national championships in a row and then continued to thrive in that program. You know, let's talk about that, because I don't know if their program gets enough like national attention in terms of the culture and the expectations. What what is it like to play for a team that is always in the national championship? Like how how do you got how did you keep it going when you were there? After we've won one, the next time we're in the weight room, we don't even think about the championships or anything that we did in the past season. We always move forward and we embrace the target. That's something that we said throughout my years there is embrace the target and just enjoy the journey that you're going on. Um, a lot of guys there, our work ethic is just unmatched. Uh, you know, we're under-recruited guys, so we're coming in uh, just wanting to prove. And the people that are Bison Pride, something that we like to say is Bison Pride, uh, you really understand it as long as you go through the uh, through NDSU for four or five years that you're there. It's funny. So I'm going to ask you one more question about North Dakota State because there's a lot of fascination about the quarterback that is coming out from there, Trey Lance. Make the jet sweep, Lance up the middle, angling through across midfield, breaks a tackle, there goes Trey, in the open field, a stiff arm, 20, 10, Trey the touchdown, Trey Lance! Having been his teammate, what is he like as a leader and a player? Yeah, he's very special. Um, coming in, I knew right away uh, his leadership skills were there and his, also his work ethic. Uh, just coming in, seeing how he just wants to compete, and he's had some great guys to learn under uh, Easton Stick, one who plays for the uh, Chargers. Uh, he's learned un under him, and just Trey, he, he's just always willing to grow, and just his physical traits are there, and also mentally, he's uh, prepared for the next step. Okay, so you win three national titles. You then make your way to Baton Rouge. You join LSU. They're coming off a national championship. 
what was that like jumping into a program that is just coming off a national championship, even though you had had all that individual and team success in North Dakota State? What was it like at LSU? Right. It was a uh, it was exciting for me. Uh, it was something it was a new challenge that I wanted to take on uh, going in. I didn't know what to expect, especially with it being uh, during a pandemic. And we didn't know if a season was going to happen or not. But just going in, I was ready to compete and just help get myself better as a player as, as a whole. And uh, just my time in Baton Rouge, uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I think it was for the best of me. Yeah. And, and think about it being for the best when I've talked to people about your experience down there. They talk about the natural leadership ability that you displayed and uh, being able to kind of jump right in and being a guy that can be um, a take charge guy. What was it like earning the respect of your teammates, your new teammates down in LSU? It was something that when coming in, I wanted to show guys by leading by example, uh, putting in the work, putting in the time, let them know that I'm coming in uh, strictly on business. So, uh, when it's time for me to say something, uh, a lot of guys have my respect and uh, they trust me throughout the season. And it's something that I take an honor with being the older guy on the team and just teaching the young, talented guys uh, the way of how to be a college football player. What have been some of the things that you wanted to show scouts and evaluators along the way? I wanted to show them my versatility, how I'm able to cover while also playing in the box and getting out blocks and just making plays. Uh, just being a versatile player, that's something that is really needed in this game and it's something that I can bring to it. And, and thinking about that, when, when you look at the NFL game, there are a lot of linebackers now that we're seeing make plays. And most of those guys are very athletic and active. They're sideline to sideline chasers. When you look at your game, how does your game fit at the next level? I think it fits perfect. Uh, it's something that a modern linebacker would need, being able to stop the run, play the run, and also if you have like a Travis Kelsey out in the slot, cover him or also a quick running back out the backfield cover them so I can also blitz to the quarterback if you need me just in every asset of the game is needed I think that's where my game takes me all right so we want to have a little fun with you right now because you're all business you're serious you're ready if we go all the way back to your career high school even your college career what is the best play the greatest play that you've ever made my coming out party against Youngstown State uh coach Bo Pelini we were in overtime and I got a, a sack on third down for a loss of about eight, which then led them to miss the field goal and we went and we win the game. That's right there when I knew that I was made for college football and I can play with the big dogs. Ooh, you definitely are a big dog, man. We're excited uh, to continue to watch you on your journey. We can't wait to see where you go on draft day. Thanks so much for joining the Mood of Six podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, nice work there, Buck. It was very cool listening to Jabril Cox. So, when I watch him as a player, he's in my top 50 for a reason. This guy is a versatile second-level defender. He can mirror tight ends in coverage. They can use him to rush a little bit off the edge. There's only one thing you'd like to see a little bit of improvement there is when he's lined up inside the box, maybe at times a little bit late to key and diagnose, but uh, that's nitpicking there, Buck. Look, it's nitpicking, but he's a big-time player. But, DJ, we got a little time. Pop in some tape. So you can uh, break down what he is. Look, I can go back to North Dakota State and, and show you some of the things he did there when he was detached, right? Get him away from the from the box, and I think he sees things clearly. You see him, look at him close down and make plays behind the line of scrimmage. He has a lot of experience out there. How about his ability to get underneath a block and make a big hit here out on the perimeter as well? His ability to function in space. Did a little bit of that there at LSU as well. And now... We can see him trigger downhill. Look at the burst when he wants to close. 
see it, diagnose it, and go when he's got clear sight lines. When we watch him in coverage, very comfortable. As a zone dropper, get your eyes on the quarterback and make plays on the football. And finally, the athletic ability to be able to flip your hips, drive on the football, pick it off. Go ahead and take it back, too. Let's finish this thing up and get your way into the end zone here, Buck. He's a, he's a fun player to study. He is absolutely a fun player to study. He's one of those new school linebackers that we're seeing dominate the league. A guy that is off the ball but has the ability to make a, a bunch of different plays in a variety of ways. Talented prospect. Someone's going to get a goal. Right, no doubt. Well, there you have it. That was Be Prepared, presented by Castro Edge. Well, coming up next Tuesday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, all eyes are going to be on the Crimson Tide and their plethora of star players. Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Patrick Sertain II. They're all going to be participating in that Alabama Pro Day Tuesday, March 23rd. And you can see it 12 p.m. Eastern right here on NFL Network. Well, one of the teams Alabama was able to best last year inside the SEC was Georgia. And they had their Pro Day down there in Athens. And Buck, it was quite a show uh, led by Mr. Eric Stokes ripping off a mid-4-240. Yeah, look, a, a very impressive performance. You talk about ripping off a 4-2-40. I think when you see his athleticism, his explosiveness, combined with what you've watched on tape, you really begin to really like the player. And I think a player like that who is versatile, dynamic, explosive, and has the ability to give you special teams contributions is a hot commodity. He is going to be a hot name to follow as we get closer to the draft. Yeah, you've got uh, Tyson Campbell, other corner there, ended up running a 4.38, which is incredible at his size. And you don't hear anything about it because of the 4.25 uh, that Stokes ripped off. Uh, we've talked about him as a, a little bit as a player. To me, when I watched him, Buck, I saw, the, I saw the speed play. I saw him be able to locate and play the ball, which was impressive. A little bit of a tightness, I thought, in some of his movement. I, I'd give Campbell the edge in the movement department. Uh, but Campbell didn't find the football as well as Stokes. So to me, they're not perfect corners, but they're height, weight, speed guys. That, they always go in the second round, right? I mean, that's where these guys are going to end up. But that's where they're going to go, DJ. Um, when we think about day two, day two is for the slightly imperfect. You know, slight, slight imperfections in their game and their technique. Uh, you talk about Campbell being a guy that, look, is probably smoother and more fluid when it comes to certain movements, but he doesn't have the ability to find the ball. Stokes is a little stiffer, more explosive, and has better ball skills. And so it comes down to style of play. How do you want to play on the perimeter? But both guys should definitely be gone within the top 100. I think both of these guys have an opportunity to be starters very, very early in their careers. All right. Well, the headliner at the Georgia Pro Day was Aziz Ojolari, the edge rusher there, who had a really nice day. Ended up testing in the low four sixes. His arms are 34 and change, which is which is outstanding. Buck, uh, a really really talented player who I thought really helped himself at this Pro Day. And it, you see him moving here. I thought to me some of the stiffness you saw on tape it wasn't as pronounced in the workout. I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, he did look really good. Uh, you worry about when you watch him on tape. He's kind of a one trick pony. Wins with speed, a little swipe move coming around the edge, a dip and rip. That is the go-to. That's his fastball. And so you wonder, does he have anything? Does he have the athleticism to be able to change it up? And at the workout, you saw he certainly is athletic enough to add some tools, to add some pitches to the repertoire. And so that is encouraging. And in a draft where you don't have many frontline high-end pass rushers, his workout combined with the stuff that he's shown on tape, it moves him up the charts. 
Well, you mentioned the draft and the edge rushers. Let's take a look here at your top five edge rushers in the class. Again, you can go to NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks or NFL.com slash top five. You can see all these lists here. Uh, but looking at this list of names here, Buck, starting with Gregory Rousseau and Jalen Phillips up there at the top. I feel like we've talked a lot about Rousseau. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit or, and better yet, show me a little bit about Jalen Phillips and what you liked about him. Love Jalen Phillips game because he's a technician. He has some of that karate kid in him. I know you like that reference. Mr. Miyagi <laughs> with his hand skills quick against the run does a great job of chasing it down from behind. His hands are polished, effective. He plays the game like a vet, but it's more than that is how stout he is. There you see him taking on the puller, stones him, also disrupts the play, blows up the running game. But it's not only that, his athleticism and ability to play in space. Not an A-plus guy that plays in space, but active and instinctive, does a great job. And DJ, we can talk about the motor, particularly when it's the pass rush. Doesn't give up on the play, chases it down. This is what you want to see from a high-end playmaker, someone that plays hard, has technical skills, and is also a relentless competitor. Jalen Phillips shows a lot of impressive tools and traits on tape. Yeah, he is very talented, the former UCLA football player who has really just blossomed there at Miami. I, I want to get to one of the more fascinating edge rushers who's on your board there, and that's Jason Owe, uh, edge rusher for Penn State. Because as I show you the video, keep in mind this year, he did not have a sack. A lot of pressures, but not a lot of production. This is what you see, though, when you study him over the period of his career. You see the speed to win right now off the edge. Can you shorten that corner? Can you get a soft edge? That's exactly what he does. Look at him work on the edge of the tackle there for Michigan State. That was from the previous year. Close finish, knock the ball out. He flashes some of the power. We talk about being heavy on contact. You see flashes of that as he dumps the Iowa tackle there. I believe it was Alaric Jackson put him on the ground. You see that in, in a couple games throughout his career where you say, okay, this guy's got some strength. For somebody who's going to rip off a ridiculous 40-time he does flash a little bit of that power, but again, it's, it's a lot of disruption versus production, which makes his evaluation a little bit tricky, Buck. I know, don't confuse activity with achievement because you just don't see the production. I will say, if you're a defensive line coach, you're a defensive coordinator, you love the athleticism, and depending upon the skill level, meaning the teaching level of the defensive line coach, you may take a chance on him because it is hard to find guys who are built like that, who can run like that, jump over tall buildings. He's a <laughs> superhero as an athlete. Now can you make him a dominant football player? Yeah, you have got a lot to work with. Whoever ends up getting Jason Oway, uh, going to have a chance to really build up a, a fantastic football player. Not there yet, but very well could be a tremendous, tremendous tool set. While we hope the Move to Six podcast is your number one starter, we do also have six other outstanding podcasts at the NFL Media Group. You see them here on the screen. Some fantastic options for you. Just go to NFL.com slash podcast. You can find it on, find it on Spotify, uh, Apple, or your favorite podcast provider. One of those six other great podcasts is our buddies at the Around the NFL podcast. And they recently had a chance to discuss a very cloudy future for one former All-Pro running back mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Is he even going to get a job this offseason? Is his career over? I mean, what a stunning downfall uh, if that's the case. He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory before he got into his squabbles with Pittsburgh. I think it could be over. Unless he's going to take like a minimum deal and compete for a spot in camp. That's, that's kind of where he's No at. major injury. Sat out the year over contract issues. Came back with the Jets. Got a nice deal. Um, wasn't nearly the same player. 
They thought maybe getting him out of the Adam Gase offense, sending him to the Chiefs would spark him, did not. And it's just, it's one of those really, it's a head scratcher because I think he's what, 28, 29 now? And it's, it's almost like the, the, the elite football in his uh, body just disappeared. Yeah, for those wondering uh, why Dan Hansis is able to sound so great, it's hydration. You can see it there in the clip. You got to stay hydrated uh, if you're going to sound that beautiful on the podcast. That's Dan's trick. I just let the uh, let the uh, secret out there. Uh, all right, Buck, we put out the hashtag AskMTS on Twitter. Hit us up with some questions, and we have got some good ones to tackle here. Uh, so what do you say we get started here with the first one, uh, which comes from the Coffee Sipper. Great name. Uh, love that. Uh, which non-first-round wide receiver and running back will teams wish they had taken in the first round? I'll give you that one. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I will say Rashad Bateman is the wide receiver. I out of Minnesota. Running back out of Minnesota. The running back will be the guy that we've talked about, Trey Sermon. I think Trey Sermon is going to be an outstanding pro uh, just based on how physical and tough he is. Plus, he has soft hands. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go with Javante Williams and Michael Carter, both those North Carolina backs, which you didn't take, which is mm. surprising. I think both those are gonna be really good players. All right, let's get to the next question here. This one: uh, How concerned are teams with Devonte Smith's weight? Which, by the way, we don't know. We're looking forward to seeing at the Alabama Pro Day. Yeah, I think it has to be a concern when you go back, DJ, and you look at uh, top ten picks. The last few little. Wide receivers that have been taken have struggled. John Ross and Tavon Austin, respectively. I worry about just his ability to hold up against the physical rigors on the outside. Talented player, and if you have a, a gifted schemer, yes, you can create opportunities for him. But I do worry about his ability to hold up on the outside. See, I, I don't think it's going to impact how well he does at the next level, but I do think it could impact where he gets picked because traditionally we just don't see guys that don't have all the measurables go uh, in the top 10. It just doesn't happen very often. Now, he could be the exception. He's an outstanding player. Reminds me a lot of Isaac Bruce, um, Keenan McCardle, somebody you know very well, mm -hmm. similar skill sets. That doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how he's going to do at the next level with the weight, but I do think it could cause him maybe to drop a little bit uh, in the draft. All right, here's the next one. Let's keep it rolling here. This one I thought was interesting. Who is the Russell Wilson of this draft? No one wants to know. Uh, I would say maybe Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. The Senior Bowl MVP has certainly caught the buzz. And when you think about the number of games that he played, playing in Jimbo Fisher's offense, he certainly appears to be well prepared for the next level. He could be someone that kind of does, not necessarily what Russell Wilson does, but look at what Jalen Hurst was able to do in Philadelphia. Kellen Mond might be the next guy to come from nowhere to be a starting quarterback. I, I like that one. I'm going to try and squeeze one more in here. Uh, this is from Morph. Great name, Morph. Uh, do you see any version of the draft where the Chiefs move up? I'll take this one, Buck. To me, yeah, absolutely. They could be aggressive here. If they were to see an offensive lineman, it's been an offensive line offseason for them. They just brought over Kyle Long uh, to go on to come in with Joe Tooney. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they had a guy they liked, especially at tackle, if they moved up. Yeah, DJ, I think offensive tackle, that is the sweet spot, not only where the Chiefs are picking, but where all of the tackles tend to fall. I think you could see them move up from the bottom to not quite the mid, but somewhere in the 20s to find an offensive tackle that they really, really like. Now, there you go. There's a, a good bunch of questions there. Nice job, everybody, submitting those questions on hashtag AskMTS. We'll keep that rolling next week. Uh, Buck, how excited are you to get back in the body shop next week? Took a week off the body Man. shop. 
We want to give free agency their due. We're back in the body shop next week. I'm excited to get back in the body shop and see what I can do because anyone who knows me knows I don't normally get up on the cars to fix them. That's not my deal. <laughs> yeah, we're coming back next week. It's going to be the Miami Dolphins. We're putting them in the body shop, see if we can't fix that franchise uh, with what they could do in the upcoming draft. Uh, that's going to do it. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. Thanks for hanging with us here on Move the Sticks, presented by Castro Edge. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.